Hello, voices. My name is Joe Choi, and I'm a multi-award-winning voiceover and host of a voiceover's audio adventure podcast, a bi-weekly show where I learn about the voiceover and audio industry and share with you all of the stories, tips, and tricks along the way. Welcome to the podcast, and welcome to season two. I have some amazing topics to cover and some amazing people that I'll be speaking with. So let's get ready for some more adventures. The first adventure we'll be going on in season two is recording sessions. Recording sessions are a voiceover's bread and butter and what is needed in order to do our job. The scripts will vary in length and of course you can record anywhere you want as long as it's a quiet space. But there's only two kinds of recording sessions that you will encounter. They are directed and self-directed sessions. A directed session will have the client or producer in a session in person or virtually listening in and giving live feedback, where a self-directed session would be yourself and feedback would be given at a later date. Although every session is going to be different, there are ways to bring consistency in your preparation and execution to get the best results every time. It's that time again where I ask for some input from some other videos and see what they do. But before we do that, let's talk about today's sponsor, which is VitaVoice. Brand new to the vitamin supplement world, VitaVoice has created VitaVoice Optimize, a daily easy-to-swallow multivitamin capsule with added nootropics, proven to contribute to normal psychological and cognitive function to reduce tiredness and fatigue and to support a healthy immune system. It provides daily, long-term nutritional support for pro-voice users, including podcasters and voiceover artists. Formulated for professional voice users to improve vocal health and wellness. 100% vegan and made in the UK with purposely sourced high-quality ingredients. Not all big vitamin companies will do this and opt for the cheaper ingredients. VitaVoice daily supplements provide an effective natural way to boost your energy, focus and immunity if you're unable to consistently access a healthy diet. If you already take a daily supplement, VitaVoice will be an easy swap and upgrade. It's been formulated by clinical voice experts and specialist performance nutritionists. It provides immune-boosting anti-inflammatory benefits for your voice, helping you to recover faster after heavy voice use, and I myself take it regularly. They're giving my listeners a 10% discount on a single pack. Go to vitalvoice.co.uk to access this very special offer. Make sure you purchase through Shopify on the Vitalvoice site and use the code JOETROY at checkout. Remember to use this code through Shopify. Alternatively, if that's too much for you, just use the link in the description. Let's get back to the episode. My name is Dan Pye and I've been a voice actor for about six years. Usually before a directed session, I would make sure I've read the script a good few times um, and probably get some water, um, spend a few minutes doing a couple of vocal exercises. Whereas with a self-record, I'll just kind of get in there and uh, and start reading, really. If I need a drink, I'll just nip out and get one. Um, I might do a, a morning exercise just to loosen myself out or if I'm struggling halfway through. I'll, I'll start to introduce an exercise then. So it's just a, a more relaxed approach, I guess, to the directed session where I do all of that stuff before the session. 
how do you approach recording long-form script versus short-form script sessions? Well, um, I hate long-form scripts because <laughs> um, they're really long and, and sometimes I do lose a bit of interest. But, I mean, they're, they're both really, to me, the same in terms of preparation. I'll still, if I'm, if I'm recording myself, then I'll just stay hydrated throughout. If I'm recording on a session, then I'll make sure again that I've got something with me to to keep me hydrated. I think for me is it's with the long form is it's trying to stay interested in the script and trying to stay animated with the script as well and not just becoming um sterile and sounding like I'm just reading a, something not interesting or that I'm not interested in because everything's interesting to somebody, right? But it's something that I'm not interested in. Whereas I think it's important to remain sounding interested and invested in whatever it is that you're reading. So, um, so yeah, I think, um, by maintaining interest is for long form and, um, short form, I just, uh, get, get on in there and, and, and read it and bring it to life. Hi, I'm Chris Woodworth, and I'm a voice actor from England, and I've been a voice actor for around two years. When recording a long-format script, I need to be very realistic about it with, with myself, really, because I need to be prepared to do it in small sections, so to speak. I try and attack it at times to see if I can get like maybe a few sentences or a paragraph out without stopping, but that doesn't often happen because I get tongue-tied over the smallest of things. So I need to, you know, get to grips with the script before I go into recording. But with a short-form script, it's a bit easier uh, to attack, uh, as long as I've established the who, what, and why. When it comes to prepping for a self-record, I need to write down notes on my script. I need to really take time to prepare and figure out the intonations and everything, because I'm essentially directing myself. I need to be quite brutal with myself and very picky and make informed decisions. But with uh, preparing for a directed session, I need to make sure that all of my equipment is in place, that I've got everything ready to go, that everything is opened up, and um, there's not going to be any technical difficulties. I've got my water here, and uh, I have been to the bathroom and things like that, but I am not going to waste their time. I would say I take a combination of both. Reading the script beforehand, but not too much, is a nice way to get familiar with the script, and it definitely helps. Breaking down longer reads into chunks is useful and allows you to not get overwhelmed also. Making sure my equipment is working and recording before any session is also a must. Okay, so that's what I do. I want to talk with an expert, and in today's episode, I get the chance to chat to a friend of mine multi-award winning voiceover Alexia Kombu. She has 10 years plus experience in the industry and I'm excited to find out her journey, how she prepares for sessions, as well as getting some tips that may help not only myself, but anybody listening moving forward. Let's go. Okay, so I'm Alexia and I have been in the VO industry for about nearly 10 years now. Um, and I, yeah, I've been in a lot of different kinds of sessions over the years, being directed in lots of different ways and obviously trying to adapt over the, 
as, as the years have gone by, especially with things like COVID um, and transitioning more to home recordings rather than going into studios. So there has been a change over the years in that sense. Yeah, I mean, I was very lucky to get into the industry quite young so that I could kind of grow with it. Because um, entering right now, I could I can imagine it's quite a daunting experience with it being quite, you know, it's quite a saturated industry. Um, and with everything like AI coming into play, um, I, yeah, I think it all, it kind of happened at the right time for me. So yeah, that's, that's where I'm at. Do you, do you remember your first session and what was that like for you? Uh, oh God, I think I do. I remember my first live audition when I had okay. to go into a studio to audition. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had these, like these big earrings on and I didn't realize like, Oh God, like you can't, you're going to damage the expensive headphones in the studio. <laughs> and the, the engineer was kind of a bit embarrassed. He was like, um, do you mind maybe take, do, do you mind like taking your earrings? Mm. It's like, Oh yeah, no, no, it's cool. Sorry. I, I complete like, things like that. You don't think about. Um, so that, yeah, that was, I was quite embarrassed, but yeah, don't wear big earrings to your sessions. Did, did, did you um, get the part? Don't remember. I don't remember. God, it was such a long time ago. I don't think I did. <laughs> I don't think I did. But it was all experience. My yeah, fa- Actually, I do remember my first session. It was at SNK Studios, okay. um, just off Warren Street. And um, I remember being directed and it being like a really cool experience because I wanted to be an actress. So I was used to sort of not being in front of a camera rather than a mic. Yeah. And it didn't matter what my face was doing. It didn't matter how I looked, anything like that. It was just pure voice. And mm. and I really felt like, right, this is talent. This is talent-based. This yeah. has got nothing to do with me looking right for the role. And that, I think that's when I realised, like, wow, this is actually what I want to do. Because, it's yeah, it's just r- using your voice in a completely different way. It's, mm. it's quite fascinating, really. Would you say that you've fallen more in love with vo over the years than acting or is acting oh, yeah. something that you've always wanted to get back into or i don't know if you still do it now mm. but um is it something that you wish was kind of on parallel with vo no no like straight up 100 percent no um yeah. it's not the industry for me um i don't think i was cut out for the acting industry and i don't think it was my thing yeah. i think i wanted it to be my thing but when i discovered voiceovers i realized okay this is what i was made for um and what I want to pursue and I remember I was still auditioning for like TV commercial work when I first started voiceovers and I walked into an audition room for a commercial for TV um acting based and I I I just wanted to leave I just didn't feel like I belonged there I I just all I wanted to do was be in a voiceover booth and that's when I knew I don't I I left acting behind me I've, I've never really gone back to it and fast forward to now, you're established in the voiceover world. How many recording sessions would you say on average a day you, you work on now? Live sessions, like directed live sessions? Um, or... Both, both. A day? <laughs> yeah, we're, uh, go, we're well, going for the days, nitty yeah. gritty. <laughs> I mean, you know what the industry's like, it comes in waves, right? Yeah. So some days I'm in the booth all day, I'll be like back to back, maybe doing six or seven sessions. Yeah. Um. But then also you get very short projects come in, like some IVRs. 
So you might get five or six IVR scripts that will take you 45 minutes. Um, Or then you might get a corporate that will take you half an hour. So it really does vary. You can fit a lot into one day in terms of recording. Um, Live sessions, I block out the hour. So I could fit in maybe five live sessions if I were to do that, but I don't like to have back-to-back live sessions because they tend, sometimes they run over or, you know, you block out the hour and it takes 10 minutes and you're like, right, well, I've got 45 (laughs) minutes now. So you work on other stuff in between, but it's a lot. It is a lot. And how, how do you prepare yourself mentally and physically before a session? Mentally, make sure you've got the script. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Sometimes we don't actually know what we're doing, do we? So if we have the script, we can read through it um, and kind of get in the zone in that sense. Um, And then you might get into the booth, speak to the client, and they want something completely different to what you thought. So I try not to get too attached if I haven't had any direction prior to the session. Yeah. Um, Just go in with an open mind. I think when you've been doing it for so long, it kind of comes second nature, you have your little routines. Like I do, I start the morning with a warm up, but I won't warm up before every session because it's likely I'm already warmed up because I've been voicing previous, maybe like an hour before. Make sure I'm hydrated. Always have my herbal tea with me in the booth. <laughs> <laughs> um, and um, you make sure you're not hungry. That's actually quite a big thing because my stomach grumbles so loud that it, it I mean, I've been in sessions where, it's really embarrassing. It's, I'm so mm. sorry. My, my stomach's rumbling. So I always make sure I'm not hungry. That sounds so yeah. silly, but, and then make sure you've eaten the right thing. Like don't go and eat peanut butter before your session. Cause then you're going to be clicking all over the place. You know no what, one wants uh, to the, listen the to the that. The funny thing is it, like two of the things you just said, being hungry affects me in a different way though. It actually gives me mm. a headache if I don't oh, eat. Okay. Um, so that's one thing. And then the peanut butter, Oh my, I've, there's been times when, yeah, I've just eaten the wrong thing before. I've got away with it. I've got away with it because it was like a quick script, but I'm like, there's been times when, yeah, you get that dry mouth and there's no way around it. It doesn't matter how much water you drink. It it makes it worse. So (laughs) yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely a thing that you shouldn't do. Um, How do you approach long form scripts? versus short form mm. scripts how do you approach them differently in either preparation or just the way you you approach the recording process okay so i do my long form is it would be e-learning um okay. i don't do audiobooks or anything like that um yeah so for say i've got a seven thousand word script mm-hmm. um it's going to take me a couple of hours i would make sure that there's no external distractions so try and make like if you've got a delivery or something and you're recording by yourself I try and make sure that I'm not going to record when the delivery is due because once you're distracted and you've got to get out of the booth answer the door it's like it's the most frustrating thing with long form so that's one thing try and schedule if you're doing your own session try and schedule it at a time that works for you you can't read the script the whole way through before this before the session because it's too you're not going to sit and read seven thousand words unless you're doing an audiobook where you have to know the characters and pre-read the book with e-learning it's unlikely you're going to read the whole script before you record but you need to have an idea of who your audience is the content whether it's serious um upbeat conversational whatever and make sure you're maintaining that throughout the read yeah. because you can't start a long form read one way and then kind of 
by the end of it, you're in a completely different place in terms of tone. It needs to be consistent. So to do that, take a pause. When you say you've been reading for 15, 20 minutes, take a pause, go back, listen to the beginning of the audio and um, start again from where you left off with that similar tone. And what I also like to do as well, at the end of the audio, go back and read the first few paragraphs again because you're so into that tone and that vibe and that feeling that if you go back and listen to the first few paragraphs, they might have a slightly different energy. So um, I tend to do that just to, and then listen back and see what works best, just to make sure you've covered yourself. And that's really how I approach. Yeah, that's how I would go about it. Don't overthink it too much. Do you you have the same approach for short form scripts? So something like a radio ad or like just a normal commercial on TV? Uh, No, because they're usually time restricted. Mm. so I like to go into the session knowing I've read it through a few times so I start the session knowing right I've got to speak really fast for this read or I've got actually got a lot more time to play with otherwise you're going to record spend like 10 minutes recording a few and then realize they're all too long or they're actually too fast and you've got more time to play with this is if you're directing yourself when you're when you're being directed it's a lot easier because you do a read and then the engineer might say, or the, the client might say, okay, well, this this is actually shorter than we thought it would be. So you've got more time to play with or you've really got to speed up. So it really depends what situation you're in. But with the commercials, you should really go over them before the session, get familiar with them. Um, but again, scope changes, scripts change when you're in the session. So oh, sometimes open. they sometimes they get actually written in. Oh <laughs> in yeah, <this> <laughs> that too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, you no, know, focusing on self-directed sessions. How do you think you've developed over the years? Speaking from past experience, I know when I first started, just with the speed of things and how um you know quickly Bruce will come through, and then the way that you've got to deliver in, in a certain way and different alternatives and all of that. I kind of learned going along. Was there any mistakes that you made when you first started that you know that you just laugh at now, looking back at it? Mm, perhaps not mistakes, but say you get a script through that you absolutely love, yeah, and you want it to you want it to be read in this way, or mm. you think it sounds better, better, yeah in this tone style whatever yeah and you become really attached to that but it's not necessarily what the client wants i find that hard because mm. your opinion really doesn't matter our job isn't to give our opinion yeah. it's to deliver what the client wants and how they want it so i was struggling with that at first because i felt like i don't actually have that creative freedom you know that i feel like this should be read with this accent or with in this way and the client's pushing back and saying, we don't want it like that. But my ear is saying, but it doesn't have the same impact in that way. It doesn't matter. And it's, you have to step away from it. It's not our work. They're not our words, not our project. It's our voice. And our yeah. job is to, to do what they want us to do. So not necessarily mistakes, but things to learn, something that I learn, le- have yeah. to learn. Yeah. I think that's something that I found difficult in the beginning as well. Just knowing that, it's not your work, like mm. you said. And sometimes they will ask for your creative input and that's always nice. And they want, they say, they come to you as the as the expert. But um, yeah, in the beginning, it was really difficult. I remember I, I had one person I remember very, very <laughs> well. He asked me to say 
one word in the script, but he wanted me to say it in a different accent just because he likes the way it sounded in that accent. So an American accent. I was like, in my head, I was like, what? Like, that, doesn't, <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't make sense. Yeah. But um, it was someone from Europe. So, you know, they didn't really care. It just, they wanted it to sound a certain way. But afterwards, I was like, I never want to hear this script again because... Yeah. If I hear this outside somewhere and I hear that, I will cringe. And yeah. I don't want anyone to know it's me, but yeah. It's, it's, it's hard. Yeah, I mean, you is. do do some work and you think, I didn't actually like that. Or I yeah. didn't, I didn't really didn't like that read, but it's the client was happy. And ultimately that's the main thing, but you don't want to hear it. Yeah. And you're like, no, I don't want to hear that. I didn't want to do it that way. Um, but as long as the end client is pleased, then we've done our job well. And yeah. it's irrelevant what we think. I follow you on Instagram, as you know, and um, in the voiceover community, um, in some circles, you're known yeah. as the the walking lady. Um, <laughs> 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 um, so what I mean by that is you obviously, you know, you you record out in studios a lot, as well as in your home studio. Which do you prefer and why? I much prefer going into studios. Um the reason being, you, you're there to do your job, yeah. which first, like ultimately, above everything, our job is we're voiceover artists. Yeah. We're not actually audio engineers. We're not actually editors. Yeah. We're, we, these are skills we have to learn in order to be able to do our jobs outside of the studios and do them at home ourselves. Mm. And it's, it's part, it is part of the role of being a VO, but it's not the part where I have the passion for it just comes part of the, the role so going into a studio not only do you get to see people which is very nice because we don't yeah. see anyone that if we're recording at home you get to go in and just think about the script and doing your job and reading whereas if you're recording at home you're making sure your levels are okay you're keeping an eye on on the timings and there's an eye on like whatever software you're using yeah um, and it's, it's a lot to do at home by yourself and then once you finish the job, you then have to spend an hour going through the audio and, and making sure everything's okay and editing and then sending it off. When you're in a studio, you go in, you do your job and you can just focus on that and then you leave. And then it's someone else's job to take on the rest of the work. So that's the main reason why I prefer going to studios and that and seeing people. Yeah. Would you say it's, it's, you know, obviously I understand it feels like you're going to work and, you know, once you leave that place, then you've finished your job. Do you feel the same way about directed sessions at home as well, like on Clean Feed or Source Connect? Do you feel it's kind of the same or it's not comparable to you? Um, Difficult question. Um, Because yeah. sometimes I, I prefer Clean Feed and Source Connect sessions because... It might be raining outside and I yeah. don't want to go out. <laughs> you know, and I don't want to get on the train. But obviously it's nice to see people, you know, like you said. But yeah, I, I prefer sometimes the mm. the clean fees and source connects of this world. But um Yeah. I guess external factors do come into play. Um but I'm look, it's great that we can. And course. also it's annoying to get on the train to go and do a 10 minute radio ad, for example, oh, yeah, yeah. which is what we used to do before COVID and everything all the time. And now it's like, okay, great. I can do four in one hour, which you can't do going from studio to studio. That's true, so, actually, yeah. so it does, it opens up the door to, to getting more done in your day. Mm. Um, 
but then with that comes being overworked and then you know well I've got the time to fit in loads so I will and when you're actually say for example the other day I was in a studio for one hour then I went to another studio for another hour had that break in terms of coming home on the train and then getting on with some work in my studio so I had that break but when I'm purely doing sessions at home I don't get that that break it's just back to back and then before it before you know it you're exhausted that's another reason why it's kind of nice to get out, I guess, because you get to have that break in between. Mm. What, what is your setup for directed sessions or self-directed sessions? So I've got my purpose-built booth um, okay. and in there I have a monitor. Now, okay. I remember when I first started out, I didn't have a monitor. I would press record and then like run into my little setup. And now that gives me so much things to think like, oh my God, I was doing sessions and I couldn't see if see, it was recording yeah. or if there was something wrong. Like how, how was I, how was I doing that? Um, so for me, non-negotiable is having a screen or a monitor where you yeah. can keep an eye on your recordings. Imagine that stops. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> you haven't, you haven't recorded everything. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I would say you need your monitor. You need to have your levels, uh, your, whatever you use. I use a Scarlet Focusrite yeah. um, to adjust your levels. Um, and that could be because they want one read that's, I don't know, more louder, shoutier. Um, you're going to have to adjust your levels, otherwise it's going to be all off. Um, and your mouse and your keyboard so that you yeah. can navigate your monitor. Um, but ultimately, you need your recording space to be as good as it can be. And it doesn't have to be uh, a studio bricks or a sound, a vocal booth or whatever. It doesn't have to be a, a huge, expensive, heavy, massive booth. Yeah. Um, just whatever you can do to create good quality work. If it's not good quality, no one's going to want to use it. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, you have to be serious about what your, you know, your equipment, um, it's your business at the end of the day. So if you've got budget equipment and you're not willing to invest in it, then you're not serious about your business ultimately. Mm. Do you, do you remember your first kind of setup? Oh yeah. <laughs> I used to show people like, this is, and I can't believe I used to show people as like, God, they must have been thinking, what are you doing? And um, I used to, I, when I first started, I opened up my wardrobes. Now, the reason why I didn't invest when I first started is because I wasn't sure if I was any good. Of course. So yeah. um, I thought, right, well, let's see how this goes at first. And then as I earn more money and if it starts going well, then I will invest. So I looked at all the things online, basically opened up my wardrobe and put my duvet over the, the doors, which mm. I'm sure everyone has done. Yeah. Um, had my mic on a stand in there, my little stool, and all my wires connecting to my laptop. And I started off with uh, Audacity, is it Audacity? Audacity, yeah. Free. Yeah. Um, and started off that way and actually managed to record some pretty good jobs from there um, because the sound was right in terms of, like the dampening, there was no echo because it was yeah. all clothes and duvet and pillows. And the amount of people that have had to do this on holiday and, you know, if, say you've got an emergency job and you've just got your equipment yeah. with you, you can do it. It's just not sustainable and it's not ideal. Yeah, um, so I wouldn't knock it if you're first try- starting out because I did it. And then when you can and when you have your space, um, then you move upwards. I'm sure you must have a horror story that, you just have nightmares about. Oh, God. 
just um, give in me terms one. of a session. Yes, a session that just went horribly mm. wrong. I mean, I've had pre-session nightmares. I had one the other week where my Mac just was not starting. It was it was literally dead. Like it was just a black screen, and I had a session of fifteen minutes. Um, and I was just, I didn't know what to do. Luckily I had a backup laptop. Um, so I, I mean, it took about half an hour to get that laptop on. It was so old. Um, but it had Adobe Audition already installed and, um, all I had to do was kind of connect my mic again and I managed to do it. I mean, I was half an hour late to the session, but we managed to do it. And then I had to go to Mac that afternoon sorry to Apple that afternoon and they fixed my um, MacBook. But we're in the session. I have had sessions where I haven't really felt well. And okay. um, actually there was one particular session and I emailed the client just before saying like, look, I feel really unwell. Um, could we postpone? And they were like, no, the client's coming in and <laughs> we've got to do this session. I was recording from home. yeah. So what well, I was honest, on the call, I was honest and I said, look, I really don't feel well. Um, if I need to pause every now and again, is that okay? And they're like, absolutely fine. We just need this job done today. So I was like, okay, fine. So I would read a bit, a few lines and I'd be like, okay, I need to pause. And I'd like take a few deep breaths. <laughs> and then, um, cause those booths get hot, get out of the booth for a bit and be like, <laughs> yeah. and then um, go back, read another few lines. I'm really sorry, I've got to pause. It's just about being honest and being professional. At the end of the day, everyone's human. And they were happy at the end. It was just, I felt like, oh my God, this, this is not professional, but you can't help if you, you're unwell one day. But generally I've been quite lucky. Like, I can't think of any terrible, terrible sessions. If anything has gone wrong, it's been tech. Yeah. And that's been like early days that's when true. you don't really know what you're doing. And I think there was one time where everything was going wrong. So I just stopped recording on my end and I was just doing the session. I was like, I'm just gonna have to remember what I've done, sort out my tech and re-record it afterwards. And that was a bit of a nightmare, but the client didn't notice. Um so yeah, I yeah. think it's tech that's the biggest downfall sometimes. Yeah, I, I would I would agree with that. Um yeah. tech is definitely the devil sometimes. Mm. It's you know, you can think you're recording sometimes and you're not or oh yeah um i remember one instance at the time it was like the biggest job i'd ever done and it was i was it was over um the internet they were directing me and yeah i'd done a session i was all happy i was like yes like oh i'm so proud of myself and then the engineer texted me and he said um the, the files that you sent me, there's a hiss in the back that I can't really remove. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh my God, what? And then I start panicking. And then I listen back on my side and I'm like, oh my God. So what it was is Full. my XLR cable was faulty. And mm -hmm. I had done a session after that, which was fine. But for some reason, you know, you know those, those jobs where you just have to... Um, Mm. you know the cable's just rubbish and you just have to angle it in a certain way so it, it doesn't fuzz <laughs> anymore like but it just it just was dead but luckily i had a spare one so okay. now going forward if i could get a spare of anything i just have a backup because i just yes. don't want that to happen again it happened with my my laptop as well um you know i just had to get out some um cover on that so i can get something yeah. back but yeah that's that's something i would definitely 
invest in like cables yeah just have loads of cables just for that and headphones and all of that jazz because and always save your work like the second you've finished it save it i save it during during the session yeah and during you need oh my god that i i recorded an e-learning medical script that was so complicated it was about an hour and a half worth of audio unedited so i had to go through it all and my adobe crashed and usually when it crashes you can open the session and it's got everything there like Mm -hmm. where you left off but for some reason it just was wasn't like the file was too big it just couldn't cope so Mm. i had to delete i had to delete delete it in order to be able to open adobe again and um i lost i lost it all and had to do it again yes redo it (laughs) yeah so but the, the client didn't know, did they? Obviously. No, no, that was self, already. That was, okay, yeah. Okay. Ah, oh, the wonderful world we live in. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, I'm going to let you get back. I'm sure you've got lots of recording to do today, but um, thank you for taking your time out of your day to speak to little old me. Hi, thank you. It's been fun. Oh, thank you. So what did I learn from today's conversation? Make sure you're prepared both mentally and physically. Hydrate and be in the right mental space before any session. If you can, get a look at the script before the session, but don't get too attached. Things will change. And the way you want to deliver the script, the client might not like anyway. Remember, you don't have the creative freedom, so always be open-minded. For directed sessions, if you can, schedule a time that works for you to avoid any external distraction. This helps with consistency. For self-records, get as much information as you can. Ask who the intended audience is, the pace of the read and moods, to limit retakes later on down the line, and make your job easier. And finally, I know this might sound obvious, but remember to test record before any home session and make sure you are always recording and saving as you go along. It sounds stupid, but... Equipment have a life of their own and it's always better to be safe than sorry. Thank you to Alexia for joining me today, Dan and Chris for sharing their experiences and most of all, you for listening. As usual, I have everyone's info and links below for you to check out and I'm always here to help if you have any questions. That's all for this week. Remember to subscribe and I'll see you next time.